What's up, friends? I'm your host, Amanda Smith, and welcome to the Girl Gang Podcast, the show where I chat with inspiring women about business, life's challenges, and building community, because we all need it. If you need a girl gang, this podcast is for you. It's time to stop trading time for money and start reaching more clients and making a bigger impact. And you can do that with online courses. Try Thinkific for free today. Thinkific.com slash DGG. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C dot com slash D-G-G for 30 days free. Try it today. All right, guys. Well, welcome to the Girl Gang podcast. Um, today we have my friend, Melissa Litchfield, and she is an absolute, uh, just like powerhouse. She's probably one of the smartest people that I know. Um, and I'm not just saying that. And I know you're probably like, please stop. But um, she's an expert <laughs> in all things marketing, digital ads. Um, she's a mom, a military wife. And uh, right now she's in the sunny, or maybe it's not sunny today. I don't know, Savannah, Georgia. Uh, but it is, yeah. Nice. Uh, so welcome to the Girl Gang Podcast. Thank you for having me. I feel like it's been a it's been a long time coming. Yeah, <laughs> and it's and it's been a hot minute since we've been able to catch up. Of course, we see each other on Instagram and TikTok all the time. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, yes. how is TikTok going? How do you feel? Do you like it? I've definitely <laughs> like. I'm not. I'm not as like posting as frequently as I was. I think for maybe like November or December, I was posting every day and I saw an uptick in followers and then life just happened. You know, yeah. life totally. just happens. Can I cuss? Yeah. I don't know if I can cuss. You can say that. whatever you want. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm just trying to be more mindful and intentional when I do post, if that makes sense. So like yeah. if I am creating content for reels, I was just like uploading frivolously from TikTok and not finding the trending music. I was it, that way it would just show up as like Litchfield Media original right. audio, which I was like, okay, I need to stop doing that because my videos were not getting traction. So um, other than that, I'm just trying to be more intentional. Yes, obviously yeah. I could probably post more, but like I'm also a mom of yeah. a five-year-old. I'm right. also a military wife. I got a, got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, we all have a lot of stuff going on. Um, I'm going to make a video about this later, but last night um, I was finishing dinner and I was eating an apple and I was scrolling through TikTok and I literally choked on my apple when I saw this girl um, giving tips on like having a successful content creation, whatever on TikTok. And she was like, mm. Five to seven times a day, and it literally made me choke on my apple. It was so terrible. I was like, "Who, like, who is having that conversation?" Right? Like, what is happening? Yeah, the Oprah Winfrey sound. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was my goal. Uh, and I mean, you know, this is me being just like really assumptive, but like, she was a young twenty-something, no kids, seemingly not married like with Mm. very little responsibility. So Mm, mm -hmm. we can totally talk about that too, because there's, (laughs) there's a lot of like Instagram gurus out there that are preaching, like post multiple reels a day. And I'm just like, who, who has time to do that? Okay. Not everyone has a full content creator on their team to help with that. Even though I have a team, I don't have someone that does my content. I do it. Same. Um, 
I don't even know how I would outsource that because I am the physical like the face person. of the You're company. The- yeah, I need yeah. my face to be in everything. So yeah. you still gotta um, do it. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. it's still going to take time to like film the clips, even if you're sending yeah. it to somebody and getting them edited. But I just I feel like people are just not being realistic, right? Like, yeah, think about the entire audience that you're targeting to or that you your messaging is actually going to get to. It's probably moms, like majority of like yeah. majority of us doing content creation are females, right? Right. And probably half half of them know, could be know, moms. Yeah, half of them could be moms or juggling a second Whatever. job, right? Yeah. They're trying to get their their side hustle off, off. the ground. But I just think yeah. it's very unrealistic to post. Yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to post every day, but that's not happening. So, yeah. you know, I do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, most – a lot of my um, potential clients or, like, my community, I would say at least half of them are business owners with a nine-to-five, you know? Yeah. I was because, and I think that's what I attract too, because I was that and I help people do that or or scale out of that if that's what they want. But I mean, when I was teaching full time, 7am to four, and then I was going straight to a coffee shop or back to the apartment to work my business. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have time to create that much stuff. And, And even back then, like reels weren't a thing and TikTok was still like everybody was like who what is TikTok but um yeah. you know <laughs> only 12 year olds are on that now it's, yeah, now it's like, like whatever demographics I don't have you looked at the demographics it's like a good 20 to 30 percent of users are from the ages of like 30 to 50 I think it and is then completely over 50, different yeah yeah it's increasing it's not as high as the 30 year olds but there's tons of millennials on there so now there are yeah um Mm -hmm. and I think there were in 2019 and and then really into 2020 and people started realizing like oh shit I can really do some stuff on here but it's a totally different game you cannot okay I'm gonna get a little spicy here um and I'm not gonna name names but you know this person um she got on TikTok. She is huge on Instagram. Like everybody thinks she's like just a queen, the whatever. And she got Mm -hmm. on Instagram and she's approaching it like Instagram. And one of her videos popped up uh, and I watched it and out loud, I was like, this shit doesn't work. (laughs) This doesn't work for TikTok. Like what? You can't expect the same results. Like people see through your bullshit or you're writing too much or anyway, this episode is not about TikTok, but <laughs> anyway, I was like, Oh no, like you, you know, she's now a, a, you know, fish in a big pond. Like however you want to say it, you know, she's not, you can't go. It just doesn't translate all the time. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really challenging. Unless you already people. have a million dollars over there, then yeah. yeah then I'm sure. sure whatever you post. We'll do great. It'll go off like gangbusters, <laughs> whatever. Um, okay, so share with us a little, you, Melissa, who you are, you know, yes, your military wife, agency owner. How did you get into the work that you're doing now? Oh, gosh. Well, I, I did <laughs> quit my full-time job back when I was uh, living in New Orleans. Um, I worked right across the street from the Superdome. I thought I was like living the life, right? Um, mm. I was not making that much, but I was like, oh, I just got my master's degree. I had this big girl job. 
I'm working straight up downtown, like on Poitra Street. I can like, this is awesome. Like yeah. parking in a parking garage. Like the company had this like pass. I thought it was really cool. <laughs> You're like, um, I'm so cool. <laughs> I was freaking miserable. Freaking miserable. Yeah. I yeah. was at the bottom of the totem pole and I felt like um, I was doing administrative stuff at the beginning, but then I mm. did eventually get promoted. But I was like, damn, I just am not happy here. So I was eventually it in the marketing quit. world. No, 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 my master's is in uh, public health. So nice. fun fact. Okay. Yeah. So it was um, for the Louisiana Public Health Institute in mm. uh, downtown New Orleans. So we're a nonprofit. Um, that did not last very long because I was unhappy and mm-hmm. I was young. You know, yeah. I think I was like 26, 27. Bought my first house in New Orleans with my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up quitting. Did the MLM thing for a couple of years. Thought I was going to have a six-figure business as an MLM or in an MLM, but that didn't happen. So, mm. yeah, despite the, you know, it's like all these, like the same thing over and over. It's like Gary, the Gary V Hustle vibe was very popular back then. So it's yeah. always like, you just have to do more. You just do it have all. To Say do- yes to everything. Yeah. Well, message all the people, follow up, you know, do all those things. Whereas when I finally opened up Let's Show Media, I think I was only in business for like 10 months the first year. I made, I mean, not that I paid myself 60K, but like I was able to match like my salary and then some, right? Yes. I felt like I was on to something. I was like, wow, for yeah. the amount of time that I spent on this other business that literally did not get me to the point where everyone said, I would eventually get to you. Um, I felt like that was like a huge waste of time. But, you know, yeah. we all learn from our experiences and our failures in life. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah, I, I, I forgot. I, I got here. Yeah, I forgot that you did an MLM because I did too. Uh, Which one was it? I was in Rotan and Fields. What were you in? If you want to oh, share. Oh, Beachbody. Oh, that's right. Okay, you were in Beachbody. Okay. So, and I had a similar experience i i made good money like i it was where i got my entrepreneurial itch like i i started rnf in 2016 and Mm -hmm. for me it was less about like the culty vibes of it and but and and more about Mm -hmm. like oh i have some natural i've always had natural like leadership skills i love building community and hosting events and connecting people that's where it started to kind of like all come into place for me um Mm -hmm. and it was good but I quickly maybe not quickly but I realized probably sooner than others like oh like this shit's not gonna pan out like unless (laughs) unless you got in in year one to four of the business it's just mm-hmm. not not going to work. Or unless there, there's this one girl who does it. Um, and hear me say this too. And anybody who's listened to the podcast like re- religiously, which is, you know, all 12 of you, like I love you. Um, I, <laughs> I think MLMs or network marketing companies are good. Like the good ones are fine. Do it. Make some money. Get some experience, whatever. Um, but there, there's this one girl, Charla Corn. Love her. She's here in Texas. She's a country music artist. She already had a decent following. She was a radio host, got into mm. RNF. She's still in the business and thriving. Like she has a great community. I think it works really well for people who already have a presence and a personal brand and they can they can seamlessly incorporate it. And they're not just pushing 
stuff all the time. I don't know. What was your experience? Um, honestly, if you look at like the top 10 coaches of Beachbody, they all are white, mm. like white, blonde females. Yes. Um, hundred percent. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I am, I am Hispanic myself, but <laughs> yeah. they're all blonde. Um, every, if you go to the conferences, half like we're all white. Come on. Yeah. Let's be honest. Are you full Hispanic? Um, not, not full, but, okay. um, but yeah, that's just what it, from what I've noticed every, every MLM. Yeah. It's all, it's a lot of blondes blonde that girls. are blonde. Yeah. Some brunettes, obviously I'm a brunette, but yeah, but yeah, so all top, the top 10 coaches are usually ripped or like they just had a baby and they lost all this weight. So I feel like it's, uh, that huge, like physical transformation that yeah. really gets you, uh, the, the notoriety or like, you know, the exposure, um, or if you just have like naturally gifted body where you just have like a six pack abs mm-hmm. all the time, it doesn't matter what you eat. Obviously that's not me. <laughs> saw a lot of people. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that I would say 1% obviously is making the money, majority of the money and all MLMs and the rest of the people are struggling. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's honest true. opinion. What, this is a little different of a question, but I think because I've tried beach body before, just like vaguely, not vaguely, just um, quickly and then moved on. Uh, <laughs> one round of 21 day fix. <laughs> and then I was like, hmm, what did it do? Did it damage your mindset and relationship with your body and with food? I think to an extent, like, it, it definitely like I was over just like starting over, right? It was always like, yeah. oh, I'm starting this new challenge or like I'm doing this new program and I'm starting tomorrow, you know? And it was always like, I'm starting over. And like it was diet always starts like, tomorrow. I'm, yeah, like I'm always starting over. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just over doing that. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like I had an unhealthy relationship, but I definitely was constantly thinking about it, right? Yeah. And it was my job at the time. Sure. So yes, I was like all in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I just feel like, well, now obviously I'm, I'm like, I have more weight on me. Right. I'm, I'm not obese by any means, but <laughs> life happens, you know, and I feel like we, we can't always be perfect all the time. So no. it definitely, um, it, it's a different mindset than what, you know, the mindset I had like pre baby, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just I see a lot of people in the fitness space or specifically not actually not specifically beach body, but I just see a lot of like content creators or just people on TikTok or Instagram talking about food and working out or diets or whatever and all of like the the toxic thoughts that are still and and ideas that are still perpetuating today in 2022 like oh I can't eat that or oh, I really shouldn't do that. Or I need to work this off because I ate cake yesterday. Or like, instead of approaching it, oops, instead of approaching it in a like healthy and holistic way. And I, and like, you know, I don't know. I just think there's so much, like my, one of my favorite creators is Sarah, the bird's papaya. Million of, million followers. Like she's huge. and I think she's done so much for like people to finally get back to loving their body again. She's had four kids at this point and 
she shows, she chooses to show like her stretch marks, loose skin, what she really looks like, whatever. And mm-hmm. not, I just posed. Think, not posed, not Photoshopped. And she's, I, I don't know. I just think that's good. And she's healthy. And I, I don't know. It, it's a huge um, conversation that I like to, that I just like to talk about. It's really interesting to me in different people's um, thoughts on it all. So, yeah. Know. Yeah. Interesting. It's just definitely, there's so many, there's so much toxic stuff that does happen, especially in the MLM yeah. world. I will, I do vividly remember like, you know, mm-hmm. some of the top coaches, the 1% would get like access to be in a test group for the newest program. They would literally binge like the week prior to starting. So they would purposely be heavier, more bloated, right? So their before oh pictures gosh. would look that way. So that way when they finish the program, obviously it's like, whoa, like you lost all this weight, all these inches, blah, blah, blah. It's really, they just ate a bunch of pizza, you know, a couple days before starting. <laughs> that blows my mind. That's terrible. Oh my gosh. I had no... I I shouldn't be shocked. I shouldn't be this shocked, but of course they do. Of course. Holy shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So MLM, that was your experience. Started your agency in what year? 2019. Mm -hmm. And what got you started there and kind of tell us, you know, that first year of, or whenever it was, you were like, okay, I made 60K didn't pay myself that, but like, I'm onto something. That was a similar story with me. I realized, um, actually 2019, same thing for me. My business grossed more than my teacher paycheck. And here in in Texas, teachers actually get paid not enough, but they start (laughs) in the fifties and and, in high fifties. So it was decent, right? You know, like Arkansas, other States, you're talking like thirties max. And so, yeah, I saw that in my business. I was like, same thing. There's something here. So tell us about that beginning point for you. Yeah. Well, I I will be honest. I I was working at a previous marketing agency before and Mm -hmm. it did not last long. Um, Clearly full blood (laughs) entrepreneur here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do not like working for somebody else. Um, But I was (laughs) overworked and underpaid. hundred percent. I was working 40. uh, My salary is $40,000. I had 12 to 13 different funnels to manage. Um, oh, wow. I was, I mean, Boss Babe was one of my clients. Like I had some really big, Jeez. like heavy hitters in the industry, uh, you know, just a part of being a part of this um, other marketing agency. I had a huge client load. And I was like, shoot, I tried to quit several times and they would just offer me more money, like $5,000 more. I'm like, why wasn't I, why wasn't I offered this like at the very beginning? Yeah. Um, so I eventually just, I was like, you know what? This is not meant for me. Like I am, I started drinking every day because of that job. Oh no gosh. Joke. Yeah. Because I was so stressed out. So yeah. stressed. Um, so I, I told my husband, I was like, I, I think I'm just going to quit. I, yeah. I, I had one client. Um solidified. And that's kind of where I started. So I felt like if I have one, I can find more. So that was kind of like good. my mindset, my mentality, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. anything is better than working at this other agency right now. So, uh, um, how did Nick feel about knew, that? I knew, I knew Instagram too. Oh, my husband, um, he's very supportive. Like oh, I course. have the craziest ideas. He's very, <laughs> very supportive of all my crazy business yeah, ideas. He's great. 
Um, so he was fully supportive. Like there was months that I was not able to pay myself, right? Mm-hmm. In the business. Mm-hmm. Um, the very first full month in business, I invested like $3,000 on a website and a brand, which to this day, I don't regret doing at all because Good. that's got what my business started, right? Like that's what people obviously look for when they're hiring mm-hmm. somebody like a specialist. Um, obviously if like your coach or you're just getting started, you literally don't need a website. But for me, I do think that was a great investment. Um, I started blogging, you know, I just started to like pump out content. Um, I think that's like one thing that I'm truly great at is I would whipping out content. I would agree. I would say I've always been consistent. Um, Mm -hmm. There's not one week that I did not post. I was posting probably five times a a week week. in the very beginning. And then Mm -hmm. I dwindled back down probably after the first year in business, I dwindled down to like three times a week. Mm-hmm. I'm still on that same schedule. So I'm That's just great. very consistent with content. And I think I'd, the best thing probably that got me like moving the needle forward, not just COVID, because yes, that did propel my business. <laughs> Everyone's like, all right, go digital. Let's, we got to go online. Um, but just being known for one thing, right? I yeah. focused on that one thing and that was ads. So like every, all the content that I was putting out, it was always directly related to ads. Yeah. And, and then I obviously think, being an entrepreneur, but yeah. <laughs> and I think that's like, to your point, that's what has propelled you forward and why, I mean, I learned so much from you. I know, I mean, it's, it's what has led people to get into your funnel and, and work with you or refer people to you. Um, we want to invite you to join our Patreon platform. If you listen to another podcast, you know that Patreon is a platform where creators and podcast hosts can bring their community together and you guys can literally support the show. Literally help us keep the lights on at the Girl Gang Podcast. So getting into making more money in your business. Again, I, I really appreciate how real you were about some months in the in that first year or whatever, couldn't pay yourself. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much that is happening in the online space right now of people talking about how much money they make and not talking about their overhead and not talking about taxes or Mm. their team that they pay or this thing that they invested in or whatever. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to hear your thoughts on, on that. Um, no one ever talks about their expenses. (laughs) (laughs) No one's going to like fully admit that like they're not making any money online. Let's just be real. Um, and I feel like there's, there's some big, um, this earpod keeps falling out. There's some big heavy hitters in the industry that from what I've heard, they're not making any money in their business, but they, it's like this facade that they keep, they're just going to keep pretending like they're making the same amount as last year, even though they're not generating enough revenue in their business. It's going to bite them in the ass at some point. I'll say that. Yeah. I would just, if it hasn't already. (laughs) Be leery, right? If you're looking into working with the coach or even just with a service provider. Um, I think there's just a lot of, we don't know what we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. People can say anything online yeah. these days. We don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, ask for receipts. Um, 
as a, as a service provider, people always want to see my receipts. So if I'm going to hire a, a mentor or a coach, you know, it's sometimes it's not, it's not just about how much money they're making, right? Absolutely. It's honestly about what type of lifestyle do they have? Do they have the same values of, as me? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, for the longest time, I was, I was only hiring mentors that like had a different business model as me. And then, you know, ended up working with Hannah, which that's how mm-hmm. I met you. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what? I, I need someone that has an agency. Right. Um, I and need someone does. that like has or has experience doing both. Right. Cause essentially that's the kind of business that I already had. I already had yeah. courses and I had yeah. a client roster. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot that you don't see that is just yeah. posted online. It's definitely, and I will I will say that I I tend to always post like the highlight reels, but I try to share more behind the scenes like struggles because sure. I know people can relate, hundred percent. Right. Well, and it's not like we have to. I've been having this conversation a lot lately with people on the show in my stories with clients, and it's like, how much do we share? Right. We don't need to like air out all our dirty laundry. And Mm -hmm. show people like (laughs) our current open wounds, but we can share from our experience and, you know, maybe kind of warn people about XYZ. My biggest lesson from 2021 was I paid way too many contractors, period. And I could have paid myself so much more. And so going into this year, that's something I want to be honest about with people. I actually don't even care if I make more in gross revenue this year. I just want to pay myself more. Period. Yeah. You know? That's a big big goal for my myself too. Yeah. Um, especially going into 2021, I was like I don't necessarily care about paying myself more. I just want to work less. <laughs> or that. I mean, you have a kid. Honestly. Yeah. And and yeah. now, you know, for for us moving forward like we would like to have a kid in the near future. And if Lord willing, if that happens for us, like I don't want to be tied to one-on-one clients all the time. Or I I, like, I want to be able to work less, you know, I'm already feeling better after shifting out of teaching full-time. You for sure feel better getting out of corporate and we're, we're happy with that. But it's like, you know, there is a little bit of truth of when you become a full-time business owner, it can feel 24-7 sometimes. Do you feel that? Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Obviously, it's not like um, the same experience as working for somebody else yes. and working with their clients and yes. having to deal with their horrible clientele. Um, <sighs> I have more say and flexibility on who I get to work with and who gets to stay on the client roster than I would mm-hmm. say working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was my biggest thing for, for 2021. I was like, I, I don't even care if I pay myself the same. Yeah. I just want to work less, like less hours in the business, less. Yeah. So I eventually did hire, um, an operations manager, mm-hmm. who, you know, uh, is ta- has taken over a lot of the stuff that I was doing. I That's was great. literally the project manager <laughs> I love it for a lot of like one-off client, like funnel build projects yeah. or, you know, sales page design. I was always spearheading behind the scenes and I was like, I cannot continue to do this and still also run the company. So, yeah. um, I think that there comes a time, you know, that it can 
feel like your previous nine to five. Mm-hmm. And as, as soon as it felt like that, that's when I knew I needed to hire somebody full time. Yeah. I was like, I don't even care if this dips into like profit margins. I need somebody. Yeah. And that's where, and this is like a huge piece of like who I am as a coach, what I teach clients. And I know for you too, like everything has to be aligned. Every client you take on, every project, what you're doing, if it's not aligning with what you want for your life and your family, then it's not worth it, you know? Um, right. So we were talking about how people, you know, they, they post the highlight reels and, and, and stuff like that. And I think there's, there's a difference between like, let's post about client success and social proof because that's an important part of marketing right. to a target audience, but mm-hmm. just logistically, but also sharing behind the scenes of our, you know, past mistakes or whatever. Um, this really, um, triggered is not, triggered is not the right word, but this, um, gave me some feelings yesterday. I saw someone post, um, how the online space and being an entrepreneur is made to look really luxurious and sexy and people mm. make it look like that. Oh yeah. And then she, it was, it was a post of someone like writing just text and it was a carousel post. And so she went on to explain like, here's the real, um, the real shit that I, that, you know, we deal with and blah, 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 and what it looks like and paying yourself and overhead and six to seven figures and which I'm so tired of hearing of and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. And I was like resonating with this, but all of her content is the stuff she was talking about. Like she's the one, she's one of the people making it look luxurious, making it look sexy, like uh, yeah. making it look easy as pie. And making it look like, you know, espresso and martinis at every day, a a private (laughs) on a private jet, you know, and I was like, hold on, are you saying this because you're you're shifting and you want to address this? Or are you saying it? And this really bothers me. Are you saying it because the space is shifting and you're trying to be seen as more authentic? Oh uh, yeah, and she so could just be trying to be more relatable. Yeah, but, but yeah. I mean, I'm sure off, people can see right through that. It came off really funky because the you know then you go to her profile and I was like, but you do make it look like that. And I yeah. know there there's there's a um there's stuff to having profo- professional photos and video and and things like that. We want we want to dress up for that stuff and like look great and have professional branding. Um, anyway. It's just mm-hmm. interesting. <laughs> no, I, to- I totally see what you're coming from. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like the same the same people that have like seven figure business owner in their bio, but then yeah. they also treat their team like shit, or they are very stingy on how much they are willing to pay for a specialist. Right? It's like there's so many toxic things in this industry that. Mm-hmm happen behind the scenes that are not talked about as much. Yeah. So you talked about this recently in your stories and mm-hmm. <laughs> it really got um, spicy there for a while in your DMs, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. I mean, you know, for people that are listening or for their their future in their business or whatever, you know, I think there is, a, you know, I know that like I have a budget of what I can pay people and whatever and I always try to make sure like I'm not lowballing people and that it's, you know, comparable to the market, whatever. Talk to me about um, that conversation last week. 
Yeah, I just had a, um, I was just on a podcast too, where we literally, that's all we talked about. But um, <laughs> the, the biggest, the biggest thing that I wanted to get out was this sense of like, I'm tired. Like, I'm just, I was tired of seeing, seeing and hearing all of this, like behind the scenes that's happening, mm-hmm. where I know these particular business owners can afford it, right? Because they tote about the six figure cash days, you know, or the six figure cash months. Don't tote about that and like boast about it. And then behind the scenes, you're trying to lowball like an ad specialist for ad management, you know, or um, go through so many copywriters because you, you say that like no one can live up to your standards when really you have unreasonable standards. So there's like this notion of you can be a great business owner and also treat others with respect, right? Especially those who you're hiring into your business. Like we are all as service providers, we are trying to help um, grow our client's business or help them in any sort of way, obviously, because we're getting paid to do it, right? Mm-hmm. We're getting brought into the company to help them re- uh, reach like certain goals or, you know, do X, Y, and Z. But the way you treat your employees and your contractors um, speaks volumes to the type of business you are. And I feel like it's it's like festering in this industry because other people are teaching others like, oh, no, this is totally cool. Like, this is how you do it. This is how you scale the seven figures. You you pay everybody else like really low and then you keep all the profit for yourself. Right. It's yeah. like, no, <laughs> yeah. let's let's stop that toxic uh, way of doing business yeah. because um, new spreads, new spreads and, and people chat. Spread. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for people listening, you know, especially if you don't have a ton of experience in like hiring, you know, let's say a virtual assistant or a specialist or something like that, you know, there are different ranges of levels of tasks and someone like a specialist like yourself, that is not a low dollar thing. That is not a $10 an hour kind of situation. Now, you know, not even 20, not even 20, (laughs) not even, not even even 30. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And so I think there, there is some education to be done on what's appropriate for a social media manager, what's appropriate for XYZ. And you know, what, when is it appropriate to turn from contractor to maybe let's hire an in-house like employee or, you know, all those things. And I think it's a combination of learning from people that you trust that have a good positive track record and that people can vouch for. And then also Mm -hmm. collaborating with your, like if you have a CPA or some kind of like bookkeeper that can help you say, okay, here's what you can afford or here's like what industry standard kind of is. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I think there needs to be a little bit more education on it because you can't just go on Fiverr and expect great results or, you know, um, yeah. or sometimes it's like, um, if you can afford that person in mm-hmm. your budget, maybe mm-hmm. it's just a matter of like talking about them about maybe wrestling, like taking off some deliverables, right? So right. You can afford them. You can get them into your business. Cause yeah. I can totally relate. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'd love to bring my client operations manager full time, but it's just not in the budget right now. So yeah. she's part time. And until that day comes, I would love to bring her on full time, but you know, it's not the right time right now. So 
I mean, there's always there's always a workaround. If you really want to work with somebody, you truly value the work that they do and you know that they can be a valuable asset to your business. Yeah. Um, maybe they can't, you know, the highest package is not in your budget. Right. Talk to them. Yeah. What other deliverables can they take off so yeah. that way they can still work together? But yeah. to not lowball service providers and then have insane deadlines and turnaround times of like 24 Ooh. hours, like it's almost like the toxic corporate life, right? Absolutely. Like, and put put back into like we our, left that for a reason, y'all. <laughs> oh, this is something that I teach in the brand partnerships side of things, and I just released my my course on this today. But when brands come to you and want to work with you, or maybe you pitch them, either way, and mm-hmm. if they do try to say, "Hey, actually, I know you're." prices come out to be $800 total for what we're asking, but can can we do it for 500 You don't concede and just be like, sure, I will do all of that work for less money. You say, I'd be happy to do something for 500 but here's but what the deliverables like would look like. That's to- I'm mm-hmm. totally happy to meet you and your budget. Um, here's the adjusted deliverables. And mm-hmm. oftentimes, like, that's potentially going to work out, right? And if and if they're really still like being a baby about it or just being not um, of integrity or a high level of professionalism, like not a fit, move on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the same thing goes for when you're, you know, looking to hire mm-hmm. or looking to work with somebody um, mm-hmm. that is looking to hire you, you know, with yeah. your specialties or your services that you provide. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you not only have built this agency, right? And and you're so good at it and you're loving it. Um, you have also launched another business. So tell us about having a business for the last few years and then <laughs> launching a second business. <laughs> um, launching a business in a totally different industry is, uh, yeah, I would say uncertainty <laughs> is the best word. Because now this is like... <laughs> Physical product, (laughs) e-commerce, totally Uh different. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I've just had a very interesting experience with uh, manufacturers. And, and yes, both of them have been overseas. And I know the the risk there. And I definitely feel it now. Um, But, yeah, it's just – I think it's this level of communication um, and then uncertainty, right? Because I – there has been so much communication over the past couple months, and I still don't know when I'm going to get the samples <laughs> that I've ordered. Oh, geez. Um, so I'm also trying to work with a different manufacturer, what? and it's just an interesting onboarding process. I literally cannot pay them, and I like keep telling them, oh, I just need a bank name. Just need a bank name. Anyways, but that's my experience with the products. Product-based no, so far. Uh, so so – you had this idea. I'm sure the idea came first, I- I'm assuming. And then oh, yeah. you – what was your, like, research process? Because, of course, we need to see, like, you know, what's the demand getting into this market? How do I approach this? Launch? How do I launch this brand? What was kind of your research process? Um, I definitely looked at, like, competitors um, in the space or, like, very similar brands. Um, I had a vision. Obviously, I wanted to be, like, neutrals. Uh, neutral like clothing in general for babies and toddlers. I have a kid myself. Um, 
And, you know, obviously babies are going to keep being born. <laughs> There's a market. <laughs> There's going to be a return repeat customers for sure. Um, but really just looking at competitor and like the market space. And I feel like I really had to educate myself on the fashion industry and how it all works because it's completely different than the online educational space. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's definitely a learning curve. And I would say it can be frustrating at times because you don't necessarily like there's a lot of things that you don't have control over and you're kind of like putting your faith and your money into these other um, companies and manufacturers to produce your product. And then it's like, I think my biz- biggest fear is I don't want a shitty product. Like I, I that's yeah. my biggest fear is like having people return the product. So I'm just taking my sweet ass time, <laughs> making sure that it is um, a solid product. Um, it's good. And it's exactly what I wanted. So yeah, I mean, I'm kind of being a perfectionist about it, but I do feel like there's a lot riding on like my reputation as a business owner, a second business owner and starting in a brand new industry. I do want it to be perfect. I mean, I know not everything's going to go my way, but if that's going to delay or, you know, elongate the launch process, I mean, it does not hurt to grow the brand first. So that's kind of our yeah. focus right now. Like, let's build the audience. Yeah. There's nothing bad about posting Mm-mm. and growing social media right now um, yeah. in terms or, you know, until we get the product. So, yeah, that's really neat. I think a lot of people are, you know, thinking if they're already an entrepreneur, maybe they've been doing it a while. We all have like a second business idea, a third business idea, a fourth business mm-hmm. idea. Um, yeah. Especially it's with scary acting yeah. on a new business idea that like you just don't know like what it's going to become, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And especially when it comes to like the time and the money that it takes to figure all of that out, you know? Um, but I love that, like giving it the time that it needs. I think a lot of times we are in a hurry and we're in a rush to launch, find success, find, you know, the recognition, the sales and all that stuff. Um, and that's something I, I'm, I went into this year with more intention of, I don't want to necessarily, and it doesn't always work out on a day-to-day basis, but I don't always want to be in a rush, in a hurry to try to get to the next thing. I do want to be more intentional about what I'm doing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think our, our space really encourages, and I think it's shifting a little bit more now just with everything that's going on. But, um, we did hold on to that Gary V or whoever, you know, insert inspirational person here that was like, go, go, go do it all, do it all get the next thing. Um, but I think we're all, Exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Physically and mentally, yeah. Yeah. In all all the ways. I think the hustle culture is dying more and more, but yeah, yeah, just be realistic with yourself. If you're thinking of starting a new business or God forbid, a product, I'm just kidding, a product-based business, um, give yourself a longer timeline. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the biggest lesson that I've learned just from starting this new company is that like the timeline that you originally thought, Melissa, is out the window. (laughs) Yeah. Or even There's just no like, way you can launch a brand new brand in four months. You're yeah. pretty much out of your freaking mind. <laughs> yeah. I think I think there needs to be some talks about that too around the, the time. I, I have a, a girl that um 
is a potential client and she's a, she's a great, a great person. And she just launched something new in her business. And, um, you know, it's for the first time. And, and she was like, I just, I'm not seeing like the sales that I thought. So I'm trying to like figure it out. And I was like, well, you're probably not going to like, I just, I, I launched my first course today. I'm not, you know, I, I have, I gave myself no expectations because it's brand new. I, I get to take my time with it and test it and make it good and make it better. And then from there we can layer in strategy or ads or whatever down the road. Um, but we have to give ourselves more time. <laughs> mm, but a lot of people want to skip. Yeah. Skip the parts. I totally Let's get skip it. Skip to yeah. the good part. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> quoting all these TikTok sounds today. <laughs> Well, you know, it's honestly what people have been taught, right? And yeah. I think that's why so many people uh, come to like the ad agency expecting instant results or expecting that they can run ads to a brand new course that they created because so-and-so said so. all you need to do is create this course and people will come. But then they realize, okay, I created this course. People are not coming. I need ads. And that is the complete opposite. Not how it works. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, this has been really fun to chat and thanks for just sharing like your take on all this stuff. So uh, what do you have going on? How can people connect with you? Share all the goods. Yeah. um, I'm on, I'm on social media all the time, which film media is where I'm out on TikTok and Instagram. Um, The new brand is called Oak and Cove. Oak and Cove. Um, Potentially launching in the next month. I don't know, but I will say (laughs) Probably summer. Um, I just don't want to put like hard deadlines on things because sure. I've been doing that. And obviously, um, I need to stop doing that. But um, <laughs> Oak and Cove is a new brand. Um, and yeah, um, I don't really have much going on. I'm just trying to balance it all. Um, I know. I, I know we were talking about this earlier, but like I am a military wife. We are yeah. potentially moving this summer. I do have a five-year-old. Um, I am also a landlord for two houses now. So there, mm-hmm. I, I am juggling a lot. Damn. Yeah. Well, thanks for giving <laughs> us an honest, um, behind the scenes of an agency owner. And, uh, I know I appreciate it, but you guys go check out Melissa and follow all her in- educational content in Oak and Cove. If you have kids, if you have nieces, nephews, not nephews, do you sell boys clothes? Yes, it will be. Oh, boys uh, and girls. Mm-hmm. I mean, the clothing is neutral, so oh, nice. it's pajamas. Pajamas and swimsuits eventually. But, oh, yeah. cute. Uh, well, I'm super excited for you, and thanks for being on the show today. Awesome. Thanks for having me.